Oh, I left my sodi pop on the other side of the room. Yeah. All right, baby. Hey, welcome to the Bitter's Pill. It's Dan Class. I'm in a, a box behind somebody's garage here in Orange County, California. Uh, I'm a former actor, former stay-at-home dad, former comedian, uh, shut-in. Uh, I don't know. It's so hard to explain. Welcome to season two. Where I'm actually... I used to, basically, I used to be a, a East Coast guy trying to raise his kids under the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. Now I feel like I'm an L.A. Uh, middle-aged uh, old man who's now suddenly living in Orange County, which is very normal, and wondering why the hell he was in L.A. for so long. I think that, I think, surprisingly, that might actually, actually be uh, season two. I just bit my tongue. But no, I'm in a box that someone built behind a garage and then they turned it into an apartment-ish thing. And this is where my wife and uh, daughter and I live. Um, and here we are. So listen, I want to talk about a, f a few things. First of all, you know, obviously, surprise, surprise, I, I still do this. But the really important thing to discuss uh, is this. So you know my lovely daughter, the former princess tirade, uh, Tulu class. Now, she's in high school now. She's, I know, it's freaky, man. Uh, she's in high school. She's in the ninth grade at the Arts Academy of Orange County. Okay, so uh, somewhere along the line, and I don't, you know, I don't know, listen, I don't know how this stuff comes up in conversation, but somewhere in some sort of conversation with someone early on in the school year this year, she's, you know, she's one of the new kids, right? It comes up that her father does a podcast. Now, how, right? When I was growing up, I don't, I went a solid four years of high school, never mentioned my dad once. But my, my, so my daughter somehow either tells or lets it slip, or maybe it's because she had been on the show. I have no idea. Ba-ba-ba podcast. Now, for, for 10, 13, whatever it is, years, uh, you know, well, for a long time it was met with, what? And then it's met with, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, people don't typically, at least this is my experience in my real life, uh, hear that I have a podcast and then listen to it. And if they do, they, they're good enough to not mention it. And I think the reason they, they don't mention it is because they listen, they realize just how nuts I am and they don't want to set me off. Which is fine. But what happens is, so my daughter, Tulu, her friend now at school is listening to the podcast. He's probably listening right now. And this puts me in a very weird position, right? Because it used to be that I could just kind of pretend that nobody was listening, or certainly nobody that I know. But now in the back of my mind, I have this thing is like, well, my daughter's friend might be listening. Great. Hi, Emerson. So, so then a couple of weeks, no, it's a couple of months, I guess, after I found this out, I run into my daughter at school and she's she's with one of her friends. And the friend says to me, oh, by the way, Mr. Class, I, I heard you have a podcast. I can't wait to listen to it. Now, listen. I can't parent these kids. You understand what I'm saying? Like they, right? See, 
to them, I am the father of their friend. I'm not just some guy. Now, when I'm just some guy who happens to do a podcast, that's one thing. But when you're the father of one of their peers, do you understand what I'm saying? Am I putting too much into the, the, the paradigm here? The shift of paradigm, which means I am not really a podcaster and you just happen to listen to the show. I'm your friend's dad. And I'm listening to his darkest annoyances in a recording, period. This is making me very nervous, but this is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, We're going to talk about several things. Number one, um, how you should never have premarital sex. Number two, uh, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, alcohol, that's for losers. And three, something else that would be a good way to bring, you know, okay, you know what I'm saying? Stay in school. Don't listen to podcasts. Read a book. Teenagers, not everyone else. Everyone else, listen to podcast. Listen to at least this podcast. But the kid, if you're in high school, you should be, right? Get off, Stop listening to podcasts and put down Fortnite and read a book. I look over, my daughter's doing her homework the other day. She's reading a book for whatever they call uh, her English class, lit and comp, lit literature. That's what it is. It's lit and comp, literature and, and composition. And she's reading her textbook over the weekend. And I look and it's a, a graphic novel. Really? Now it's supposed to be pretty good. You know, it's that one that's called like Persepicos or whatever. Is it here? No, I don't see it. You know which one I mean? It's called Persephone or Persepicos or Persona. Pa, 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 I don't know what it's called, but it's a graphic novel. And I'm thinking, really? Lit and comp? Maybe it has something to, well, no, I was going to say maybe it has something to do with social studies. She doesn't even have social studies this semester. Why is she reading a graph? I mean, and if they're going to read a graphic novel, you know, right? Watchmen wasn't bad. Now, I haven't read this graphic novel, right? I don't really know what it's about, except that I think it might be about a young woman uh, living in Iran or something, right? So so maybe it is heady. Maybe it's heady, but it's still like uh, a, a book from for, for school doesn't need to have that many pictures. I don't know. And again, I really don't recommend dating before you're 30. Definitely don't recommend uh, trying to date my daughter. I, I think that's that that's a very I, I just don't recommend that at all to anyone. If you're listening, please. Okay, I have enough problems. Yeah, of course, my daughter. No, see, because I can't talk about. No, see, this is the thing. I was I was just about to tell you a, a story about my daughter's life, but obviously from my point of view, and now I feel like no, I can't because. Someone will go to school and go, oh, you know what? You know what Mr. Class was talking about? See, Mr. Class doesn't do a podcast. You know who does a podcast is Dan Class. Dan is nuts. But Mr. Class is actually kind of a normal guy who makes to lose lunch every day. Do you understand? When you're in my position, kids, do you, do you understand that? You know, like, 
Okay. She's my, you know, like she's your friend, but she's my daughter, which means, you know, basically to, to generalize, if anyone in that school were to ever hurt her, I would strangle them until they were blue. Just, just putting that out there. So anyway, listen, I don't know when this happened. Uh, I think it just kind of snuck up on me, but I am fat. Now, and I don't know, I think it started, uh, I don't know when it started. And it doesn't really matter when it starts because it really ramps up around the holidays. And I remember being slightly self-conscious about it at a certain point, maybe after the new year or something. I don't remember when it was, but right now I am officially fat. Like I, we know what it is. It's partly that I'm working. So I'm sitting around a lot doing working things and you know i do uh eat you know i don't know maybe a hundred times a day let's say every basically if i had my way as soon as i started finishing as soon as i finished (laughs) no actually as soon as i started started finishing something i would start the next thing it wouldn't even be that they would touch they would overlap that's that is true freud well done so I do eat a lot. And what I do is I, I blame it on my low blood sugar because I have to eat because if I don't eat, then I'll have some sort of low blood sugar thing. Except honestly, that doesn't mean you have to eat constantly, Dan. But I have gained so much weight. And I shouldn't, well, you don't see me that often. So I won't have to go through the embarrassment because basically what has happened is I've gained so much weight that I have, I had to buy new shirts because I apparently had lost some weight about a year or two ago and I was finally able to wear, and you know, I'm diminutive, right? But I was able to wear slim fit shirts, which I should because of the way I'm built. I'm not particularly large. Okay. Um, but what happened very quickly Actually, I think it was even before I started working. I'd love to blame it on the job, but I just don't think that's fair. Um, I started getting dressed to go to work and realized that I couldn't uh, button any of my shirts. And if I could button any of them, I was in constant fear of the button popping out, ricocheting across the room and taking out an eye. So I had to go to... TJ Mervins or whatever. What are those places called? You know what I mean? Where I think they used to be that they were seconds. You know what that means? Like seconds, like uh, not perfect products. And now I just think that a bunch of the labels just make a couple of, uh, you know, cheap ass <laughs> items and, and send them to, to, to TJ Ross or company, whatever it is. Right. So, but that's what I had to do. I had to go buy like normal Midwestern guy, no offense, clothes. I had to buy clothes that fit guys that drink. And I don't even drink. See, that's that's the thing is I basically look like I really drink quite a bit. And I don't, you know that I don't drink at all, which means I'm eating so many protein bars and uh, almonds that I have a beer gut. And that's just, ah, that's just not good. 
Because one thing I'm really bad at is uh, losing weight because I don't want to. That makes sense, right? I don't want to lose weight. I just simply want to eat all day and be skinny. End of the story. Thank you. Good night. Now, while I'm feeling fat, and by feeling, I mean am fat, because I went, so, and, and this is part of the problem, I, I don't exercise as much as I was exercising about a year ago. And I, because we live so far away from our old neighborhood, I, I'm not able to go to our karate school and get beat up two, three times a week. I only go like once a week. And then I ended up taking an entire month off. And so after I took the month off, I came back and literally the grandmaster looked and started laughing at my stomach. I think, and, and, and I don't think he was doing it to be cruel. I think he thought I was joking. I think he thought, I thought it would be funny to wear my uniform and then shove my street clothes into the front of it to look like I was pregnant. It's that bad. And then I get, you know, an email or something. Somehow it comes up long time ago. Um, the wonderful Anderson brothers. I don't know if you may remember them from the early days of podcasting. Seth and Nathan Anderson, filmmaking artists extraordinaire. They, they wanted me to play a role in this movie that they were hoping to get off the ground. And the movie... Uh, kind of before it became a movie, gave birth to a web series called Northbound. And then the movie is going to be called North Star. So they said, hey, Dan, you know, around the second season or so, we need your character in the web series too. Would you be up for that? Yes, of course. Beautiful. So you're going to come to Michigan? You betcha. So, I, you know, I got to, okay. But the deal was we were going to shoot in the winter. So the winter came and then it went. And and to be honest, this is when the, the winter I'm talking about is like winter 20, uh, what, 14? I mean, I have no idea. This has been a, a long process, right? By no fault of anyone's. Listen, they, they've they made un, unreal progress. Anybody that gets anything done at all on any level in, in quote unquote, this town is a miracle worker. Well, what they realized is that season two was too long, so they cut it in half, and now season two is season two and season three, and so they didn't need me until season three. So I get an email that says, hey, Dan, we're going to need you in June, and I write them back, okay, but I sure hope the character can be kind of chubby. Because it's either that or I shouldn't eat again until my plane lands in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, because I, uh, right? Is there some way to like add into the dialogue that the guy gained 15 pounds? It's very embarrassing. I don't, and, and listen, I don't, and I think I've said this before when, when I've had this problem. I don't expect you to be my weight. I expect me to be my weight. You know what I mean? And, and maybe when I gained weight, if I gained it evenly throughout my body, I could pass some of it off as muscle or at least something. But I gain 99.999% of it between my belt and my sternum. And so it's right 
it's just, it's right there. I really do look like I need an ultrasound. I mean, it's, it's just, I can't take it. I can't take, I can't take getting out of the car one more time where my body has a grasp on the seatbelt as I'm trying to get it out from underneath myself. And I'm not sitting on it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying that it's trapped in my shirt. Oh, it's disgusting. I don't even want to talk about it. Instead, I want to talk about something even more uh, disgusting. Now, listen, I don't know how long this show is going to be, but I'm definitely going to pack in the disgustingness, okay? I'm going to refrain from telling you about how many times since we last spoke, I almost peed my pants. Okay? I don't want to get into that in too much detail. I've gone, you know, I, I've solved that problem. I thought I had prostate cancer. You know me. I'm a, I'm a slightly medically paranoid. But what would happen would was um, there was a period where I was going to the house a lot during the week and then, uh, you know, up in L.A. And then I'd have to drive down here. And by the time I got down in this area, I had to go pee pee potty real bad, mommy. Okay. But instead of stopping on the way, because I probably had the dog with me, I would just try to wait until I got down to Orange County because I had to pick up my daughter at school and I didn't want to be late. But what happens is several times I'm sprinting into the Barnes and Noble Begging the Lord God Almighty, please, I take it all back. Just don't let me wet myself in the autobiography section. Let me make it all the way. I mean, literally, they can hear me under my breath. Oh, God, 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 oh, God. So I thought that I had become so aged that I had uh, become incontinent or something. Is that what that is? There's something where apparently older people, you know, uh, need diapers. And I think that's incontinence, right? So I thought maybe, holy crap, I have lost the ability to hold my urine in me. Then I figured out, no, you know what it is, uh, dude, is that... When you're getting into the car at your house, you fill an enormous 32-ounce stainless steel tumbler with Diet Coke. And then you wonder why you got to go so bad three-quarters of the way through the trip, dum-dum. Do the math. You're five foot six and a half, five foot seven. How large do you think your bladder is? Apparently, it's less than 32. I'm just saying. But definitely would rather just cut back on the Diacola while I'm driving than uh, have some sort of bladder colon cancer thing going on, right? I got enough problems without needing a catheter or a Depends or whatever. Whatever it was that I felt like I was aiming for. Because I was seriously thinking like, you know what? I don't even have to tell my family. I'll just get some Depends and I'll just wear them when I know I got to drive home. That's just, just what I'll do. And I'll see if I can uh, relax on the freeway. Because, you know, you hit plenty of traffic. Like, I would find it hard to pee at, you know, 65, 70, 75 miles an hour. That's true. 
And maybe people, maybe like distance truckers can pee doing 65. I'm not sure that I could do it. But if I was in stop and go traffic on the freeway during rush hour and we were stopped for, you know, a couple minutes, I, I might be able to pull it off. I'm just saying. So I'm not going to tell you about that. I'm going to tell you. Can you tell I'm obsessed with uh, my body and my age? I got a skin tag. Now, hopefully you're so young or so healthy or so good looking or so whatever that you don't even know what I'm talking about. And if that is the case, bless you. Enjoy it. But a skin tag, and I don't, you know, I should have looked it up before I recorded to really give you some education. A skin tag is sort of what I can only describe as an eruption of skin tissue. And apparently they're very common. Now, when I was looking it up on the internet, how to get rid of one, I saw these people um, with very tiny little skin tags. And they looked like about the size of a grain of rice, white rice, right? And about the size, and about the size of half of one, I should say, one cut, you know, not lengthwise, but the other way, right? Half a grain of rice, and so it was all these little videos or whatever people putting, you know, whatever on there, on their little grain, half grain of rice. Okay, mine looked like a Brussels sprout, or no, excuse me, no broccoli, broccoli, like a tiny thing of broccoli, but a huge thing to be growing out of my body. And if you squeeze the skin tag, in a way it has no feeling, but your brain knows that you're squeezing something that is attached to your body that may or may not have a nerve in it. So your brain is very confused because you can squeeze it and pull it and it kind of, you right? If you can feel it, but you can't feel it, it's disgusting and yet it's yours. And sort of like with gaining weight, I didn't notice it when it just looked like a grain of sand or salt or uh, rice. But it must have been at one point the size of a grain of rice because it didn't just appear one day just in like one big explosion and suddenly it was broccoli, right? It had to have grown into a stalk of broccoli, a crown of broccoli, if you will. Well, I didn't want anyone to see it, but luckily no one, and I mean no one, ever sees me naked, which is good. When you have a skin tag, oh, my skin tag, by the way, was uh, uh, you know, like between my hip bone on one side and my navel. So it was below the belt line. But nowhere uh, uh, gross. You know what I mean? It was probably where my belt hits. And, and, and I think maybe they're, they're caused by irritation, physical irritation, as opposed to emotional irritation. If they were caused by emotional irritation, I think I would have had one before this. Trust me. So I look up all these natural, natural remedies uh, online how to get rid of a skin tag and boy you would think that uh Aber Ab 
I can't listen. I give up. Okay. I can't speak. I give up. I can't speak. Skin tags are very disturbing and they're it, right. Clearly I can't talk about it. This is very emotional. The internet. And I'll just use the term, the internet to mean all the crazy crap that people right? The internet wanted me to put apple cider vinegar on it, which I happen to have some here. And so I did that, and it just made me smell like apple cider vinegar, right? But I didn't know what to do. I certainly did not want to go to a dermatologist. I don't want to do that because, right, they're just going to cut it off or something. So I looked online, and I saw that the, you know, the big chain drugstores carry some sort of uh, skin tag removal stuff in a bottle. Some sort of stuff that you put on your skin tag, and that'll get rid of it. And then I saw this other thing where it was this whole big contraption, and it looked really scary. It was like this plastic thing with a tube and all, all this shit. Well, it turns out all it really was was like a tiny little funnel that you put over your skin tag. And then you roll, you use that to roll a rubber band down it, and then you put the rubber band around the skin tag. And then it chokes it to death. It's literally just like a little tourniquet for your tag. Well, I couldn't have gone that way because you can't put a head of broccoli into a drinking straw. Even if it's for a milkshake, you just can't do it, right? So I went to two or three different stores. I finally found over kind of near the wart medicine, gross, um, the skin tag removal stuff. Okay. Cause I was sick of the stupid homeopathic put vinegar on it BS. I want to burn this damn thing off. So I get it home and I'm opening the package and I get it out and I open it and I give it a little sniff and it smells like oil, which I don't know what I expected it to smell like, but it wasn't oil. I expected it to smell like chemicals, like something that would burn a skin tag off of your belt line. So I read the label more carefully and it says essential oils. I bought a, like a $16 vial of some sort of pine oil. Listen, I don't want it to smell good itself off. I want to burn it off. I want some, whatever the acid is or Freon or whatever that they use to warts off. That's what I want. So I'm really getting desperate. And I got to tell you, I was at the house one day. And I said to myself, listen, if you think you're some kind of karate man, with all your stupid karate man stuff, fatso. If you're a real karate man who can really control his mind, which you know you cannot because you're such a jerk all the time, you could just cut this thing off yourself. And for a brief moment, I have to admit that I went looking for the X-Acto knife. 
Because I'm not going to cut it off with scissors. That's disgusting. There's something about scissors why I just know that would have been painful. And uh, no, like, no. But I did actually go looking for the exacto knife. Now, I couldn't find one. And I thought, well, what am I going to pull it until it's tight and then just like saw, you know, like, I, I don't know, just the idea of kind of performing surgery on myself. Uh, yeah, right. So I put whatever this tree oil crap is on it and a Band-Aid to keep it all together and so no one could see it in my house. And so a couple times a day, I would take off the Band-Aid and I'd put this oil jazz on there. And it says, you know, after a week or so, it should blah, 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 and then dry up and fall out. Well, nothing happened. It maintained a nicely moisturized skin tag. So I went back on the internet and it's again, just more videos, more videos, more videos of women with these little rice sized things on their necks. And they're putting toothpaste on there and baking soda and apple cider vinegar mixed with uh, activated char. I mean, just basically anything that is the mirror, uh, mineral du jour. Right. Turmeric mixed with uh, uh, chai butter from your Einstein coffee or whatever. Right. So. Well, one great thing about the Internet is uh, and I'm very aware of this and we all deal with it every day. Is bias confirmation. Now, maybe this isn't literally bias confirmation, but it's essentially the same thing. What bias confirmation is, is you go, uh, you're, you're more susceptible to believe information that you're predisposed to believing anyway, right? And so when exposed to a bunch of information, you inadvertently, subconsciously, not even need to do it on purpose, you pick and choose. You cherry pick the, the information, quote unquote, that matches your beliefs. And apparently somewhere, I still had the belief that I did not want to wait for three weeks for vinegar to do whatever it was going to do. I wanted to either burn or cut this thing off. And I finally found the video that I was looking for. I found a video where a guy claiming to be a doctor or some kind of nurse, some sort of medical practitioner, had some wonderful, concise advice. Because I'm getting desperate. I want this thing off of me. It is disgusting. And it's screwing around with the kind of mental denial I have going that I'm this old. And the guy in the video said, if you have a skin tag, all you need is this. And he held up toenail clippers. And he said, all you have to do is clean the toenail clippers, put the skin tag in there, give it a little tug so it's a little taut and squeeze. 
And he didn't mean squeeze the fingers that are holding the skin tag. He meant you know what he meant. And there was something about this absolutely disgusting notion that felt right. I am going to cut off like a man, like a real man, my skin tag with a pair of toenail clippers. No, I don't. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Don't do that. That's disgusting. Just to have patience. Have patience. That's disgusting. But it would only take a second. It would be over in a minute. And yeah, of course, it's going to hurt and probably be bleed. Probably bleed actually quite a bit. But it would be over. Don't do that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous and disgusting. It'll get infected, and that's just not how you listen. If you want someone to cut it off, go to a doctor. But a doctor is too expensive, man. And dermatologists always seem to make you wait. I don't know what it is about those people, but they always make you wait. And it's going to cost a fortune because insurance is not going to cover you having a skin tag cut off by a professional. Just get out the toenail clippers. You can find them. You can. What you have to do is... You have to tell part of your brain, listen, this is what we're going to do. And you're going to do it. You got to do this. And then you have to shut the rest of your brain off. Right? You have to set in motion this sort of automatic pilot. And then you got to just go into like a dream state or something. Because I had rubbing alcohol. And I had some relatively brand new, which would mean they'd be super sharp, toenail clippers. Now, I know they're toenail, I know. But they're also two blades that I can ram together by simply squeezing my index finger and my thumb together. And so while I'm at the house... By myself, I dip them in the rubbing alcohol and I position that stupid GD ever loving skin tag in the clippers with the stem of it between the blades with my right hand. I'm holding the clippers with my left hand, my dominant hand. All I need to do is grasp the skin tag and pull it. So there's no slack while I snip it off ever so cleanly and gently. Except when you know you're going to cut part of your body off, you're a little nervous. You're a little pumped up with the adrenaline. And right, keeping a grip on a slippery, tiny little broccoli head is not easy. And no matter how many times I rubbed my fingers on my pants or my short or whatever the hell I was doing to try to get my thumb and my index finger on my left hand dry enough to grasp the stupid skin tag... It wasn't working. I don't know. Can your fingertips sweat? Well, 
But all I need is a split second. All I need is a, I don't have to pose. I just got to do it. I got to get this thing off of me. Finally, I get a good enough grip. And I'm going to just one, two. That's all it's going to take. It's just a one, two, one, two, one, two, like that. And I'm psyching myself up and I'm, I'm right. Autopilot is on. The rest of my brain is off. And I go one, two. And as I'm squeezing and holding with my two hands, my hands ever so slightly separate from each other. So I have successfully cut half of my skin tag off. The other half is hanging from my finger and also attached to my body. Okay. Now, the thing is, your body does not wait for the entire skin tag to be cut off to begin the bleeding process. The bleeding process, that's that right away. Boom, with the, just. So now I've got the, the, the toenail clippers in my right hand, my skin tag in my left hand, and there's blood running down my leg. And I've got to somehow like now fully conscious autopilot is off. I'm just in a panic, like get it uh, detached somehow, man. One, two. So I do it. One, two. I do it. It's off. It's done. They're separated. Everything's separated. Okay, good. So. Oh my God, what do I do now? I got to stop. Okay, so I've got my band-aids. They're set aside now. Of course, did I get one out of the package and take the little bat? No, of course not. Do I have gauze or, or, or cotton balls? or No, of course not. Why, why would I have that knowing that I was going to be bleeding? I did get out this, uh, and I may not pronounce this right, septic stick? Septic stick? Is that what it's called? Basically, people in my father's generation, if they cut themselves shaving, and they were constantly shaving, if they cut themselves and they were bleeding, they had this stick that I think is called a septic stick. And it's basically salt. And you know that expression, blah, 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 salt in the wound? Well, the reason that we say salt in the wound is because salt in a wound feels like shit. Excuse my French. It, it feels like merde, mon ami. So I put the salt in the wound and I put a bandaid over it. And I think, okay, the, the bleeding hasn't stopped, but it's at least being right kind of like the blood's being held in by the bandaid. And I start cleaning my leg and I clean up my leg with, I think, toilet paper. And I throw that all in the garbage. It looks like there's been an exorcism or something. Like, who knows what has happened in this room? And the one thing that I had not accounted for at all, because at least the bleeding, right? I got out the little septic stick thing and I had my uh, toenail clippers and my grip, right? The thing that I hadn't really thought about was there's now a piece of my flesh, uh, roughly the size of a, an American penny, on the bathroom counter. And it was just lying there. 
looking so sad. And I immediately started having separation anxiety from my skin tag. Because I don't think everyone should necessarily cut parts of their body off. I I just know we need to have the right to do it. And I had done it, and it was the right thing to do, but I still felt bad about it. And I didn't know, and I still don't know, what is the proper (sighs) procedure for uh, when when you're in this situation, like, do, sh- should I have a funeral? What should I do? Should I bury it in the backyard and make a tiny little tombstone? Here lies Taggy. Do I just toss it in the toilet? Do I give it to the dog? Do you understand? Like, I I complete loss. So I wrapped it in some toilet paper. But I could not bring myself to throw a piece of my flesh into the toilet. So I took it into the kitchen. Now, I don't know what the, what is the difference between putting it in the toilet and putting it in the garbage in the kitchen? I have no idea. But I think, I think it was sort of like the kitchen was sort of the, like the closed casket, uh, right? I wasn't immediately throwing my taggy out to sea. We were, there was a bit of a, right? little bit of viewing, visitation, whatever. I knew Taggy was in there in the kitchen, but hidden under some, you know, food scraps. So I didn't want anyone to see him. And I've just, I've come to grips with the fact that as happy as I am to be smooth on my belt line, I... I kind of miss Taggy. And I sometimes wonder how big Taggy could have could have become. But he's in a better place now. He's probably in Gardena. Oh, good. We're still, as far as I know, we're still recording. All right. Thank you for listening to a very disgusting edition of the Bitterest Pill podcast. Uh, my name is Dan Class, as I'm pretty sure you know by now. Why, 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 why would I say my name when you've been listening to this for 42, three minutes? You downloaded it, so you knew what it was. Like, why? Why? That's as annoying as the people that say, eh, we're on the air. No, you're not. Your podcast. You're, 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 not, you're not. You don't have to do station ID. You don't have to reintroduce yourselves. You don't. It's okay. It's all on the MP3 tag. So, well, listen, thank you for downloading this uh, program. Trust me, the next one will not be that disgusting because there's just no way. Um, if you have any weight loss tips, let me know. If you've ever. I, I was thinking of doing intermittent fasting, but. Uh, so we'll see <laughs> i don't want to be fat in michigan in front of a camera so we, we got to work this out anyway if you have uh, advice for me just drop me a line at pill p-i-l-l at dan class you know it's with a k 
B-L-A-S-S.com. And of course, as always, the bitterest pill would not be possible if it weren't for uh, the generous patrons on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com. You know, generous patrons like Megan, Sean Othan, Sean Stewart, Dan Kirkendall, Bomb Lasagna, Jay, just Jay, hi Jay, Jay Savastino, Peter Chase, Jim Cariotis, Mike Scott Hamilton, Jeff Short, Dave Jackson, Dave the Man Jackson, Harold Goldner, Flores, Tom Carroll, David and Gerard, that's David Chase and Gerard Cortinez, Chris Class, and uh, Scott Mercer. Listen, everybody, thank you, thank you, thank you for downloading. Do appreciate it. And, uh, 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 oh, and, oh, what's that? Is that Armand? wrong list i'm actually looking at the list for once oh well we'll figure that out hey mondo okay thanks for tuning in so to speak uh i'll talk to you later oh and uh don't forget the uh rubbing produced by jacket media makers of fine podcasts since 2004